boys and girls and moms and dads, I have the great privilege of speaking about the next time of the year. Now there is, of course, an intermediate space between uh, the feast of, for example, uh, but I believe Deacon will be taking care of the ordinary time, after the feast of, um, oh no, I'm forgetting, the, th the Epiphany and the Baptism of the Lord. But I want to ask you something. We heard already about how Advent is a preparation for welcoming Christ, welcoming him, especially at the time of Christmas. Well, guess what? Lent is something very similar. It's a different kind of preparation, but it's a preparation, except with a twist. We have to prepare to prepare. Have you ever had to do that before? To prepare, to prepare something. There is a special season in the church, even though in the regular, ordinary form, it has been uh, taken away, this, the spirit is still there. 70 days or so before Easter, we have the beginning of Septuagesma. Everybody say Septuagesma, Septuagesma, which means 70. And Septuagesma is all about these three weeks preparing to prepare. Here's why it's important. Should you pick your New Year's resolution on January 2nd? No, you could. Sometimes I've done that. It is sometimes best to prepare to even get ready for something. In other words, to get you set. We know even before a race, you begin a race by running, but runners take your mark. Get set, get ready, go. In other words, you have certain things you need to do before you even get close to the finish line. This is really what the septuagesima, sexagesima, and quinquagesima are all about. In different parts of the church, Lent was either longer or shorter. Well, because Lent was either longer or shorter, some, the Western church said we will honor the way the monks do it by, well, having a Lent sort of preparatory time that begins early. So what are we preparing to prepare for? We're really beginning to get into that mindset I need to start thinking about what kind of prayers I'm gonna be saying, what kind of fasting I'm gonna be doing, and what kind of almsgiving or works of charity. And these are things that take time. You don't just wanna say, I wanna lose five pounds. No, this is something that's supposed to be very spiritually beneficial. And so this pre-Lent is getting us ready. In the old church, it was wearing violet or purple for the three Sundays before even Ash Wednesday. However, in our readings even today, you will notice that they are readings that have that sense of preparation, pre-preparation, you might say, because Lent itself is a very serious time. The word itself, Lent, means not lending as in borrowing and you know but it means lengthening what did father talk about well advent the days are short the nights are long by the time we get to the spring and the end of winter the days are lengthening 
That is why Lent is called Lent. It is a form of the word to lengthen. And so what are we doing? We are getting closer and closer. See the starburst up there? The starburst with, or the sunburst rather, with the, uh, uh, the paraclete. We are getting closer to having our Lord reveal his power and his goodness to us. Now, with Lent, it is a very serious practice, practice of self-denial. We are saying no to ourselves so we can make a better yes to God. That does sometimes mean denying ourselves. Not as many games. Not as much fun so we can pray more, cooperate more, help in the house more, do other charitable works. Maybe even give up a little bit of your uh, weekly allowance, if you have an allowance. In our family, we didn't have allowances, but we did get paid for work that we did on Saturday if it was at my dad's office. So there were different ways, you know, we would want to save some of that to give the money away or special prayers we would do, like the Stations of the Cross, and other things that help us to ultimately reflect on, be grateful for, and imitate the saving death of Jesus. That's why Christmas exists. Christmas exists so that God entered into the world, but he wasn't finished. He entered into the world so he would take upon himself the punishment that you and I deserve. His perfect obedience counteracted any sin that's ever been uh, made by any human being, all of them put together perfectly satisfying justice and was a tremendous act of mercy because he did it perfectly. It was the perfect sacrifice. And then, of course, Easter. Easter is all about saying this saving death was transformative. It has raised our life to something new. And St. Paul says something very serious. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we are the most pitiable of all men, for we are still in our sins. That raising from the dead helps us to realize that that death truly was bringing us to new life. It wasn't just any death. It was a salvific event like no other. It is the central act of salvation. And Jesus' resurrection is then a cause for joy because guess what? The gates of heaven were opened. We have an opportunity to go to heaven to be forever happy, fulfilled, and being able to think and choose like God wants us to think and to choose. And so Easter is really a time of celebration. If Lent involves fasting, denying ourselves, Easter is about feasting. The world likes to do a lot of feasting. It forgets about fasting. But fasting is always something that says, Lord, I want a hunger for you. I want to sacrifice for you. And then when I have you, I celebrate. And that's why it's very important, parents, make sure you really do make a big deal about the difference between Advent and Christmas, Lent and Easter. And Easter, just like our traditional Lent, lasts 40 days. 40 is the number of change or conversion. It stands for change. A great change has occurred. For example, 
sin was washed away in the flood after it rained for how many days and nights altogether? 40 days and 40 nights. How many years did the Israelites wander in the desert until they were ready to enter into the promised land? 40. How many days did Jesus fast and pray in the desert? 40. 40 for Lent and 40 for Easter. So we can really celebrate and hopefully every Easter we get better and better and better. Next, we end with something very amazing. Jesus leaves. That's kind of strange. Now, is he really gone? Well, yeah, no. He's in our... He's in the tabernacle. But he is not here the same way that he's in heaven. He is fully here, but not, you know, however high he was in his beard and not here in the same exact way. The ascension reminds us that this world we're not meant to be on forever. Heaven can be started here, but we're meant to be in heaven with God, with the angels and saints, praising God forever. Just as Jesus ascended into heaven, so do we. And then there's a time of prayer. How many days, just the boys and girls here, how many days between the ascension and Pentecost? Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles and Mary in the forms of tongue. How many days? Let me remember. It's a tough one. It is what the word novena means. It's our first novena, a time of prayer, and it begins with an N. Nine. That was the first day of, those were the first nine days of prayer, waiting for the Holy Spirit to descend upon the apostles and the Blessed Virgin Mary. We, when we are confirmed, we get those gifts of wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord.